Welcome back. How's it going? Good. I'm Donnie. I'm Hannah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> so it's been a stressful week. Yeah, I'm having a lot of anxiety today. What do you think's driving it? Um, I just I'm like recognizing that I have I'm having some PTSD because of um my ex's parents. They have no rights. Like I don't know if you like want to go into the whole deal, but basically they have no rights right now. And my son's dad has no parental rights um, because of a court order. And I blocked all of their phone numbers and I changed my phone number because the mother was harassing me. My ex's mother has just been verbally harassing me for months. Anytime she doesn't like how I do anything she verbally harasses me and then it got to the point where they were showing up at my house like every other day banging on the door gosh i'm just like my heart is like racing right now um yeah they just have been harassing me for a while so that's why i changed my phone number and that's why i've like debated filing a harassment um charge against her because it just like was getting really ridiculous so i had to create a google number because i had blocked her and i didn't want to give her my phone number my new one. So I created a Google phone number and just messaged her. Like after the fifth time she showed up banging on the door, I said, Hey, you, you can't come over here anymore. This is, you know, verbal, or this is a written proof that I've asked you not to come. And then if you come again, I will be calling the police. And as far as I know, she hasn't showed up, but actually last week it was, I think it was last Thursday, not, um, just a few days ago, but the one before she, um, still texts my like iMessage and it will show up on my iPad, but not my iPhone. And basically she just said that she was going to sue me for like grandparents rights, you know, and she can't, she won't get anything. You know, I have a lot of proof against her. There's just no way it's going to, there's just no way. But ever since I saw that text message and I read it from her, I've been having anxiety like I used to, like, I feel like people are watching me. I get in the car and I wonder if someone is following me. It's terrifying. And it's all because of she is just, she can't accept boundaries and she's being really toxic. You're talking about anxiety and it's something that you can't control. That's the hardest thing for most people with anxiety. How are you or how do you survive those episodes? What are you doing? to get yourself healthy? Right. Well, normally I would say, I don't know what normally I would say because I'm just really having a ton of anxiety right now. It's been more prevalent like the last week and a half, but usually I can find ways to, I wouldn't say like deter, but accept the anxiety and then move with it or move away from it. Whereas right now it's just very survival. Like I feel like I'm just in survival mode and I've been in survival mode for like a week and a half. And it's really stressful and scary. And draining. And draining. Very draining. I have got like a really bad twitch in my eye for the last three days. And I'm getting emotional right now just thinking about all of this. But I would say when you have anxiety, the best thing to do is recognize that it's a survival mechanism, that your body is trying to 
protect you. And we've talked about this or mentioned it before in previous episodes. So I just try and breathe slow and get my heart rate to be a little bit slower because when you are in survival mode, you have all of the hormones, adrenaline and norepinephrine, and they are there to help you run faster and to think faster and make decisions where if you don't have an immediate attack or an immediate assault or immediate something to focus on, then you're kind of just either over-focusing on everything or you just go completely numb. And I feel like I've, I'm numb right now. I've been numb for like a week. You, you said something in, that I think that we don't think of when we have anxiety and that it's a protection mechanism. Most of us with anxiety think that it's something negative and that we should beat ourselves up for because of it. But it's time to think about it as it's protecting us and find out what are we being protected from or needing to be protected from? I mean, in this situation, it's my brain trying to protect me from assault and harassment because I've mentioned, I think in the last episode or I think episode three, um, whenever there was a a, har- a verbal harassment in my experience and through the things that I've been through, a violent assault would come thereafter. So it's hard for me to, like when I'm in my anxiety or survival brain, to differentiate between just verbal harassment. I say just, but that's not okay. A verbal harassment versus um, an escalation. So right now, like in the car, there was a white car and it turned just barely on your street. And my ex's mom, she doesn't even have this car anymore, but she used to have this car. And so my brain is thinking, okay, well, I don't want them to know I'm at Helvie's house because then they'll do something to my car. They'll poke my tire. They'll do this. They'll do this. They'll do this. And which that has happened before. They have done things like that to me and I've had proof and police um, um, reports have been filed previously. So these are valid things. And so when my brain goes there, it's okay, how do I protect myself? So I'm thinking, well, then now I have to protect the Helvies because I don't want them to have the Helvies address because if they know I'm close with the Helvies, then maybe they'll do something to the Helvies to make the Helvies angry or to push us away or something like that. Like all of these things go through my mind in a split second. And so I turned before your street so they wouldn't follow me. Like that's how anxiety does. My legs are shaking so bad right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like your thought process is just ridiculous. So, so as we're talking here, does that help you talking about it right now? Or do you think it's driving you a little bit more into that anxiety? Well, I think it's more like I'm remembering and I'm thinking about these things and memory, like the whole point of memory is like your sense and your smell actually puts you back in that place. And so in a way I am experiencing those things right now, talking about it. But it's good because I can recognize that that person was not following me. You know, that's not my ex's mom's car from two and a half years ago. That was my PTS, my PTSD trying to, or I guess my anxiety. Um, if you don't know what PTSD is, post-traumatic stress disorder, in case you didn't know. I feel like a lot of people know. But yeah, that was just my anxiety trying to protect me from that situation. So it says turn right or go this way because then you either know that that's not, they aren't following you or you can lead them a different direction. But it it helps to know that it's not like a real situation. I can talk about it. I'm like, okay, that was silly. You know, they're not following me and that's okay. But 
you know, I don't know. It's like a yes and no double-edged sword. I, I think too, we think it's most of our thoughts are irrational because somebody's following me. Who can it be? That's not an irrational thought. The irrational thought is if they stop following you and you're still worried about them following you. Yeah. So the rational thought was, let's just take a different street. Let's see what's going on. I hope your next thought was, there's somebody following me. I'm calling Helvy, so he'll get in the car and come, come help me. No, I mean, in my, I, you have to gather proof. You have to make sure that's happening. So like if they were following me, they say you should take like two right turns or two left turns in a row. Um, basically, you make a circle. And if they're still following you at the end of the circle, they're following you. Like, what are the chances? It's That's why they say to do that. So I would have done that. Or um, you get out your phone and you start recording or you do like a voice memo. You can do a video that way. If you do a video, they know where you are and they can see the locations as you keep driving. So you think about all of these things. But if you have a voice memo, they can just, they only know the location from when you started the voice memo. So I don't know. Otherwise you just call the police. And I have like the Springville dispatch on speed dial. Good. So I like, you don't have to call 911. You can say, Hey, I feel like I'm being followed and this is where I'm at, blah, 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 blah. And you can just say, I have PTSD and this could not be a legit situation, but I'd appreciate it if you say it on the phone and they'll say, okay, sure. Like I've done that before. Like these are things that I've spoken to like with my therapist and it's like, I feel crazy, you know, because I have to because I'm thinking someone's following me and, you know, and then she would remind me, but someone has followed you before for miles through cities. And like, this is, this is a valid experience. Um, anyway, but back to the dispatch thing, like in January, the washer was leaking from upstairs and it, um, it was like going through the vents, which is crazy, but it was leaking through, through downstairs, but it was a, such a slow drip it sounded like someone was stepping very slowly on the hardwood floor. And so I was like, I'm calling dispatch. Like I'm not wasting any time. So I called dispatch and I was like, Hey, home alone. Duke wasn't there. So it was like literally just me. And I was like, I have no idea if there's actually someone in my house, but it sounds like there is. So I need you to stay on the phone and listen. And they're like, okay, sure. And you know, I look through the whole house. I'm like, Oh, sorry. You feel like an idiot. It's just water dripping. And they always say, that's okay. We're glad you called. We're glad that you're safe. Like if there's ever a situation, call dispatch, make sure you have it on your speed dial. Because I mean, you don't want to be calling 911 if it was just a leak, but also they are there to help you. Don't feel bad for calling. Great advice. There's things that we don't realize that we can do before we have a major meltdown. There's people out there that want to help. I know dispatch, having been a principal and calling many times on situations because, you know, we had a we had a resource officer. They weren't on campus all the time. Mm-hmm. And his big thing was, is just, just call me first. I'll tell you whether I should get involved or not because I was new to it. And then if I need to, I'll be down there in, in minutes. If not, then just do your normal procedure. And, this, and I just would constantly text the resource officer. And it was such a benefit, not only for me, but for the kids, because we didn't waste his time. He didn't, he didn't want to come down there to scare the kids. So the same thing, we're in a situation, we start to have an anxiety attack. We start to have a panic attack. We start to have some PTSD symptoms show up. We need to solve the situation. What a great thing to have. And it's great to know that your city has that set up for you and that you feel safe to call them. Yeah. I mean, it's not always that way. 
um, I've called police before in an assault and well, there's two different experiences because I have called before and I didn't file anything and I lived in Pleasant Grove. So I called the Pleasant Grove. Um, I actually called 911 because it was very, very violent. So I called 911 and I spoke and then I just said, you know, the situation, he's not letting me leave. And they said, well, we're going to send someone. But as soon as my attacker, my ex realized that I was really on the phone with the police, he just bailed. He dipped out. And I didn't feel safe there with me and my son. So I left and I went to my mom's house and the dispatcher was very concerned, but she can't do anything unless I ask to file a police report or anything. A police officer from Pleasant Grove took the time to track me down to my mom's house and be like, are you okay? Like, did he, you know, hang up the phone? Were you afraid? Like, if you want to go like follow through with this, let's follow through with this. And at the time it was like, no, I don't want to do this. But, you know, I, I should have done it. But then there was another time when I called the police and they came out and there were bruises, there were videos. And basically they were, they just told me it's your word against his. And he's saying that you attacked him first. And it was like, okay, well, what do I do? You know, so there's two sides of the coin where there was a police officer who just kind of trusted his gut and went out and took the time to make sure that I was safe. And then there's the ones where they had evidence right there and they were like, too bad. Nothing really we can do. It's your word against his. And it was two male officers. And I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, yeah. So it's like, don't, don't be afraid to call the police, but also you need to make sure you have evidence. And if they are saying it's your word against his, then you file a fucking charge and you get it on record, which is what I did because the first time I didn't do that. And I was like, I even told them, I was like, I've called before and this has happened. Like you have to have some sort of file or paperwork because a police officer came out and spoke to me, but they're like, it doesn't matter. You didn't file a charge. So it's not in quote on record end quote. So if anything happens, put it on record, get a record out there. That's my advice. So I think you're saying too, is have a plan for everything. Have a plan. Always have a plan. And, and when you get into that mind of I'm anxious and things are happening, sometimes we don't know what to do, but it sounds like you're, you're prepared as best as you can be for right. Whatever situation is not meaning that it's perfect. Right. But I'm, yeah, I'm pretty prepared and that's come. I'm pretty prepared. And I think that's come from the experiences that I've had and knowing how powerless or helpless I felt and just resolving that I would never feel that way again. And so as a single parent, you need to take precautions anyway. But a single parent in my position with the ex that I have and the parents that they ha he has and just all of the things that make up our situation, it is extra important that I take extra precautions and I take precautions through everything. There is not a day I leave my house or say a day I stay in my house that I don't think about if there was some sort of something, what would I do? Like, that's just me trying to survive and the experiences I have. I make sure there's always a plan. Always. You're talking about an experience that I've never had to experience. I mean, I was assaulted as a 12 year old and I think that's a little, okay, that's different, but as a male adult, it's not something I have to look forward to or look, look forward to. It's not something I have to look to, to be worried about. I mean, I've walked the streets of LA working in television and I was worried, 
but I, I don't think I was as worried as what a female goes through or uh, people of color. I think for us men, what's some advice to make you girls feel more comfortable? And I don't want to get into gender, but I mean, come on. It's, it's, it, you're not talking about females coming after you. No, you have, as, as a man, you have an advantage, really. As a woman, I have a disadvantage. It is a lot harder to fight back against a man than it is another woman. Another woman of my size or even larger, I have more leverage, whereas a man, you just don't. Like there really are, you know, it really comes down to the way our bodies are made and men really do have an advantage when it comes to it, like a front assault. Um, I think advice that I would give to a man is understand that as a man you have an advantage and you should use that advantage for good how can you use what you have to help someone else where like in a public situation um what's it called when like a bunch of people are um walking away from something okay you know no, no. when there was it's like california and some girl was murdered and like everyone just like stood by and didn't do anything because they thought they expected someone else to do it. There was, I don't know. Anyway, it just, it came about because I think it was like in the eighties, this woman um, was in like a very public neighborhood and it was during the day and some man assaulted her. He like stabbed her to death and there were dozens of people walking and they heard her screaming and they even saw her being stabbed, but not a single person stepped in because you're always just expecting someone else is going to do it. Someone else is going to save the day. I don't need to recycle. Someone else will figure out how to save the earth. You know, it's, it's always that. And I think my advice would be to a man is don't assume that someone else is going to do the right thing. You need to be, you need to do the right thing. And same with any woman or any person or whoever you are, try to take it upon yourself to sure, have a plan and take precautions. But if you see injustice of any kind, if you see assault, if you see someone being bullied or, you know, just anything like that, take it upon yourself to do something. And if you are afraid, you know, that's what courage is, is to be afraid and to do it anyway and try to tap into whatever, whatever you have, whether if it was you being assaulted as a child, if it's someone you love and you have that experience, tap into whatever you need to, to use your voice or take a step forward and do the right thing. I got advice for all men. Stop. Just stop. Stop. Don't. Quit being idiots. Quit, quit using your, your power to take advantage of people. I mean, I was taken advantage by a man. The other thing is, is um, make the decision to be wrong. Step in, look like a fool. There was just this last week, there was a lady at the, at a restaurant and she saw a child that looked like was being abused. They weren't feeding him or her. I don't know what the child was. And it looked like there was some physical abuse. And so she held a note up to the child and said, do you need help? And the child said, yes, well, come to find out the child was being abused and they took the parents to jail. That's courage. Yeah. And that's the thing when we're around, you can see people doing that like on TikTok and stuff or not TikTok, but something yeah. YouTube where they're seeing if people will jump up and help. I've seen so many of those things and it's, it's great to know that there are people out there, but that's the thing right there is just step in, ask if everybody's okay, but also read the room, yeah. read the eyes, watch the person that you think is in trouble and make sure that they're safe. Make sure that they're going to make that eye contact with you. Make sure that they can speak for themselves. 
And if you're still not feeling safe, call 911. That's their job. That's why they're there. I had an incident in my chiropractic office a few years ago, and you could just tell the room changed. And it was a man that was really upset and he was facing the window. And so nobody could see his face. And I had a family in there, a family of 10 in there. And they went and sat in their car and they sent their kids home and they waited because they knew something was wrong. Well, yeah, something was wrong. The guy was mad because I cut his kid from the soccer team and he was mad. And he came in there. Yeah. And I had to call 911 on him because he was threatening everything else. But the the couple stayed out there because they could just tell something was wrong. Well, that I love that. And so they were there to be a witness, to be an advocate and say, hey, when he came in, we thought he looked a little uncomfortable. The whole energy in the room changed. Like we were able to identify that. I love that because that takes courage, whether or not you think so, or that's just something you should do. Like it does take courage just to stand up and say, hey, this, there was an injustice and I'm going to speak about it because you could just, you know, sweep it under the rug. And that's definitely the culture we live in, especially in Utah and the religion that goes on here. It's sweeping under the rug. Don't say anything. Just it didn't happen. So the incidences you had with assault, it was always in private. It never was in public. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's not like it mattered. Like I called his parents and sent them pictures of the kicked in door and videos of him assaulting and they don't care. They didn't care. Yeah. The reason I ask is because there's nobody else around to see what's going on. Yeah. And again, it's how do how do you find the courage to ask for help? I mean, really, it's hard to dial nine one one. It's hard to dial eight zero one, whatever the phone number is in in yeah. Springville. Where do you, Hannah, get that inner courage, that inner strength to do that? I think it boils down to Duke. When it was me being assaulted or me not being respected, it was. It was different because I had been molested and I didn't have a healthy like view. You know, I don't have I didn't have a a high self-efficacy or high self um, self-esteem. I didn't feel like a whole valued person, but I knew my child was, you know, you every person is whole. Every person is enough. Every person is valued. But when you have trauma and especially the type of trauma that I went through, it's hard to stand up for yourself because you don't feel like you deserve it or that you know, like it doesn't matter. Or for me, it was, well, these things are happening because they already happened. And it's just kind of like, I must deserve it. But I knew my son did not deserve to be in a household where someone was showing up at two in the morning with strangers, bringing drugs into the house, screaming, doing all sorts of just disgusting things in the house. And for me, that was, I, I'm not going to let my son be a part of this. And I immediately put an end to it. For me, my courage was because I cared so much about my son, but that was, that's, that, that worked for me, but I don't want that to deter you from standing up for yourself. You don't have to have another person to stand up. You know, you need to be that person. That's like, I was kind of trying to say that earlier where it's for your inner child or for your sister. People always say, you know, would you think of it as your sister or your mother or blah, 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 you know, to all the men who are 
not believing in assault or rape or whatever in those instances. And people say, well, you don't have to be somebody's sister. That's true. But for me, it was easier to think. It was easier to stand up when I didn't have to think of myself, when it was someone else that was so important and so pure and so innocent. You know, we have to be able to protect everyone. But for me, it was I had to protect that person. And little did I know, really, it was like me is in the long run, I needed to protect and heal for me. And being able to do that for Duke was, you know, the start of being able to do that for me in the long run, if that makes sense. Yeah. And again, it's not something that's going to come overnight. It's going to take some time. Find people around you that will support you. Find people around you that will listen, understand. I love my therapist again. She'll, she'll call bullshit when it's bullshit. But, you know, in those situations, you need people around that you know that you can trust. You need, it, it's, hard to find that inner strength too, to find that self worth at times. And if you can find just a little bit where you know that you're worthy to be treated better than this from anybody, then maybe it might be easier to step out of that situation. How do you go on today? What's your, what's, what's your move for now so that you don't have to carry, does it, is this something that's going to carry throughout the day? Or is this something that you can now say a mantra or something that can help you say, okay, I'm safe. Everything's okay. I'm going to make it back home. Okay. Or does it cause you to melt for the day? I think it depends today. I'm going to be fine because I can talk about it and we're in a safe space and being able to recognize where anxiety or any sort of uncomfort is coming from helps, you know, being able to identify the cause, like when you're sick and you have the flu and you just have no idea why the hell you're throwing up, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Is it food poisoning? Is it the flu? Am I going to die? But as soon as you figure out, oh my God, it was probably that chicken I had or whatever, then you feel better. You know, it's the same. Whereas if you can identify the cause of the anxiety, you feel better. Knowing that through just being able to remember and talk about all the experiences I had, it's like, damn shit, I'm valid. You know, it's like a pat on the back for me. And yes, my brain is trying to protect me. And yes, I did turn right to, because I thought that guy was following me. But you know what? That's go mean. Go me for taking that step and not being afraid to, to turn right. Because some people are like, we were talking about maybe episode two or three, um, fight, fly or freeze or appease. You know, I used to be frozen and now I would say taking that step or turning right is the fight. But I also want to bring up another point. Healing is not linear. Healing is not a constant ascendant rise. Healing is a, if you're looking at a graph, it is, you know, it's um, spikes up and spikes down. It is crazy and it's erratic and that's exactly how it's supposed to be because I can have days where I start to have anxiety and I'm like, no, I don't need to feel that. Thank you, brain, for trying to protect me. And then there are days like the last few days where I'm feeling so much anxiety and like just so overwhelmed. And I think that has a lot to do with the world events that are going on right now. It kind of all just compiles where you just don't feel safe. Some days I feel okay, and some days it takes longer to come out of that anxiety brain. But today I'm definitely going to be okay, you know. But tomorrow or last week, it it takes time. Healing is not linear. Great advice. Things again, I'm learning, 
that I, I wish I would have learned when I was younger. I kind of would like to wrap it up and maybe summarize some of the things that you said. So maybe if you could sum it up a little bit for us and just a few bullet points on simple things for somebody to think about if they're about ready to have an anxiety attack or if they're just a little bit afraid of something that's around them. So I think I would try and wrap it up in the way that your brain is protecting you. No matter what is going on, your brain is a survival brain. So if you are having anxiety, recognize that that is good. You are a strong human individual who values your worth and you're willing to protect yourself. That is where that anxiety comes from. If you can look at it from that perspective, kind of makes you a little bit of a superhero. You know, another thought, another way to wrap it up is healing is not linear. Growth is erratic and that's okay. Don't be too hard on yourself. Have a plan, whatever that plan is. If it's an emergency plan, if it's for when you start to feel those anxiety tells for me, it's I shake and my palms get sweaty. Those are my tells. And when I can get one of those things, I know to breathe just a little bit slower. For me, it's bringing my voice down. Just be kind of calm. You know, find what works for you to make you feel a little bit safe. And if that's taking a shower, getting in the bath, doing a meditation, reciting some mantras, see if you can figure out a few things that help you calm down from that anxiety and recognize that you are in a safe place. Or if you're not in a safe place, you can follow through with your plan. Great. That's awesome. What a great day. What what great learning from you again. My student sits in front of me weekly and teaches me so much. And it's because of opportunities in the past that we've been able to build this relationship. And the respect is just insane. Love you tons. You do great. Love you. Thanks for always making sure it's a safe and respectable place to to be open and vulnerable. If we didn't have such a healthy and respectable relationship, we wouldn't be able to have this podcast and try and raise awareness. And sometimes we have no plan and we just kind of talk about whatever is happening. And today this happened to be the topic. And I think it was perfect. Thanks for listening this week, guys. Remember, you are a superhero. Be happy. (music) 